0: Riches of Grace is sponsored by Grace Impact Ministries. It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book, and we want to welcome you again to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. This program, as always, is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and its authority. My name is Richard Jordan, and it's my privilege to be your Bible teacher and host each week as we study together. Look into the pages of God's Word and allow the Spirit of God to teach us out of the Scripture, out of His Word, God, the Holy Spirit wrote His wrote a book. I love that verse. He says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture, script, what's written down, is given by inspiration of God. God is the word inspiration. If you just look at the word inspiration. God has taken his spirit and put it into some words. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. If you want to get in touch with the spirit of God, you don't look around for some emotional, ethereal, mystical experience. You don't look for a feeling, be it a formal kind of feeling that makes you feel humble and small, or a, a static Fanatical feeling that makes you feel happy and want to run the benches. Feeling. Jesus, Paul said, are, are you, having begun in the spirit, are you now so foolish <laughs> that you're going to be made perfect by your flesh? The spirit of God doesn't work through your emotions. He doesn't work through your flesh. He doesn't work through your, he doesn't need your intellect. He doesn't need your emotions. He works in your spirit. We're strengthened by his spirit in our inner man. You have a spirit, a soul, and a body. That's why a believer has to be, why an unbeliever has to be regenerated. That is, your dead spirit, your ability to contact God has to be reignited. The problem with lost people is they're dead. A lot of good people, a lot of nice people, but they don't have a connection to God. But you don't get to connection with God through your body. That's how you get connected to the world. You don't get connected to God through your soul. That's how you get connected to yourself. You get connected to God through through your spirit. God is a spirit. And so he gave you a spirit so that you can have a, a connection, a place to get, get connected together. And regeneration, being born into the family of God, means God's spirit he gives life to your dead spirit, and now you have a connection, a spiritual connection. And God's Word is the place where his spirit works it's the life-giving Word of God that gets implanted in your inner man, in your spirit. And as we study together, we study His Word because then it builds you up. It teaches you, instructs you in what the Spirit of God wants you to know. Now, we're going we're gonna to go back in our study today uh, to where, we, where we've been in the last couple of weeks, and that is looking at the mysteries solved by the mystery. The mystery that special message committed to the apostle Paul the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began but now is made manifest you see the mystery a mystery in the bible is not a it's not something that's hokey or kind of supernaturally inex, you know inexplicable it's not uh, superstition it's not a blind leap out into the dark a mystery in the bible is a secret something that was previously unknown, unrevealed, but now we know about it. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, we, we, speak, we speak the wisdom of God we, in, in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. You see, a mystery is hidden wisdom. Now, the reason that's important is because Paul says he's preaching Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. Here's a message that from the time the world began was not preached about, not made known, not made manifest. You say, but there was stuff made, there was stuff known back there. That's right. Peter says, Acts 3.21, that he's what he's preaching is that which God has spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. So you have prophecy, which has been spoken since the world began. Then you have Paul preaching the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but we now know it. How do we know it? Because how the revelation Jesus Christ made known to Paul, the mystery, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it's now revealed, Ephesians 3, Paul tells you. So there's two basic programs in the Bible. There's a program called prophecy, which is prophesied, which is spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. Then there's this mystery, the secret program, which was kept secret since the world began, but now with the ministry of the apostle Paul, is made known. They're both about the Lord Jesus Christ. They both focus on him. They both both have to do with re, with declaring and and laying out the purpose and program of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. But they're just two different programs, two different agencies, Israel and the body of Christ, two different methods of revealing a prophecy and mystery, two different operating systems. And that's where confusion comes in. Because not only do people lose their identity, they think they're Israel when they're really the body of Christ. They never come to appreciate who they really are in Christ. But then they begin to try to operate on a on a program that isn't what God has in operation today. I've said it many times. You're never going to be big enough a day in your life to make God do something He isn't doing. So you need to find out what God's doing. One of the illustrations of that is is a topic that is extremely confusing to people. And that's what we've been talking about is some of these mysteries that get solved by understanding how to rightly divide God's Word. And one of those, one of the most perplexing issues in the Christian life, is the issue of prayer. People get real confused and real sentimental over the issue of prayer. Now, understand why. You understand why that is. Prayer is prayer is when you talk to God. Everybody, by the way, prays. Every religion. People that aren't religious, <laughs> they pray. I, I was in a situation not too long ago. Where a man had told me that he, he was an atheist. He didn't believe in God, didn't believe there was God. He positively declared there was no God. And it wasn't ten minutes later he was saying, he was using he was said, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, OMG <laughs> And I just started laughing. And he looked at me and said, What are you laughing I said, I'm laughing at you. He said, Why are you laughing at me? I said, You just told me a minute ago you don't believe in God, and here you are praying to him. Well, uh, you know, he but you see Everybody, somewhere in life, you come to the place where you lay your head on your pillow and you look around and you realize there's a mystery to life that's beyond what you, there's something bigger than you. There's something mystical about life. A guy like Christopher Hitchens, the, the uh, arrogant, uh, famously arrogant atheist, he, he often said that he was not a crass materialist. Because if you don't have a God, then that's all you have is materialism. And he he, he would say, I, I know that there's there's a mystery to life. Now he 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 thought of it as some kind of chemical process and life force and the force to be with you kind of stuff. Not a personal God. That's what he was fighting against. But everybody comes to that. And everybody sooner or later prays. Every religion in the world prays. They have their prayer wheels, their prayer claws. And yet prayer is a you see, prayer is a place where you you have a personal relationship, intimacy, able to talk to God. That's why when you talk about prayer, it gets to be so perplexing. Because when you come to the Bible, and the Bible talks about prayer, you want to talk to God, and you want to be sure that you talk to Him right, so that He hears you, and so that He answers you favorably. So you go to the Bible, and you look at the prayer promises— The modern-day fallacy, or maybe I say the fallacy, in modern-day prayer preaching and prayer prayer theology is simply a failure to rightly divide God's Word. Consequently, the teaching and the practice of prayer gets confusing and winds up being more of a burden than the blessing it's intended to be. For example, in the Sermon on the Mount... The Lord Jesus Christ says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Now maybe you've heard the preacher say, if you want to learn to pray, Ask, A-S-K, ask, seek, and knock. Everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Now that's a very clear statement. This It's unambiguous. There's no... If answered, buts. You ask, it'll be given you. You seek, you'll find. You knock, it'll be open. Because to everyone that asketh, they receive. Everyone that seeks finds. Him that knocks, it's open to him. Now you couldn't read that and not think that that was a pretty good promise. So you go through life and you try it, and you ask, and then you don't receive. oh i know the preachers they talk all about how the times they ask and it came right through on the money you know i asked this and went out to the mailbox and there was exactly the amount of money i needed to pay my bill and you see uh, preachers and missionaries they got to have their story you know if you go sell amway or some uh, product like that on multi-level marketing or whatever they tell you develop your story because nobody can argue with your story and preachers all have to have their stories, you know, their little little special things that God did for them. And you sit there and think, oh, if I was just as holy and wonderful as them, God might do that for me. And when the preachers tell you those stories, just to tell you that, well, God blesses me. Too bad he didn't do it for you. If you were like me, he would and all that kind of. You know what that is? That's just preacher talk. It's got nothing. To... You, you read that verse and you say, Lord, I I'm asking you. Matthew chapter 21, you know, preacher say, well, there's a condition in Matthew 21. Matthew 21, and all things, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. And you say, oh, maybe that's the problem. Maybe, Lord, I didn't believe enough. The reason I didn't get what I asked, it's I didn't believe enough. So maybe, you know we develop these theological gimmicks to explain why the verses don't work, you know. Oh, the Lord's arm is shortened because there's sin in your heart. (laughs) Listen, dude, let me tell you something. Think about this. If you had to have a life completely and totally free from sin in order to have God answer your prayer, you would never have a chance of even smelling a prayer coming down the road, much less getting one answered. You No sin in your life? Now, see, now we're going to have to define sin. People say, well, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't go with the folks that do. How often I've said to people, Proverbs chapter 6 says there's seven things God doesn't like, God hates. Smoking, chewing, and hanging with folks that do isn't, isn't in the list. Pride is. Haughtiness is. That's the sins of the saints, you know. Sins of the Spirit. You see the body sin starts in way before the action comes, sin starts in your heart. Sin starts in your mind. Sin starts in your thinking. When you're going to decide you're going to do it your way and you're going to be independent of God. And the greatest definition of sin in the Bible is we've turned everyone into our own way. And that desire to be your own God, to gratify your own your own your own self, that's where sin starts. And you know something, friend? If you got to be through, with, if you got, if you can't have any of that in your life before you get your prayers answered, you're in trouble. You know what you're saying? Listen, the only answer to sin is the cross. Because, well, if you confess, listen, your confessing won't help. The only thing that'll put away sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. Prayer is not how you put away sin. Confessing it isn't how you put away sin. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ is how you put away sin. Because the cross is the only thing that puts away sin. And when the cross, when you've trusted Christ and you get under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, His blood cleanses you from all sin. And for you to say that your, your, sin isn't, your prayer is not been answered because there's sin in your life is to say that the blood of Jesus Christ didn't cleanse you from all sin. Who told you that? Religion told you that. Why they want to bring you to the confessional, so that you can have to come to them to get the things God has for you, rather than having them freely given to you sufficiently and fully and completely in Christ, because then you don't need the religion. Oh, you see, it gets to be it gets to be a roundy round and a hootle doo. When he says all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you've done that, haven't you? You said, Lord, with all my heart, I'm believing that you can do this, and you've tried it, and it didn't work. Now, that verse didn't say, God would say, maybe. It didn't say he would say later. See, we do that. We develop all these gimmicks to try to explain away when the verses don't work. There's a verse over in James chapter 5 where it says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Listen, if you had the faith to move God's Son out of heaven into your heart, don't you think you'd have the faith to get some little sickness removed? Some years ago, just a few years ago, I got a call from a preacher. He said, Brother Rick, I've got to tell you something. I saw your TV program recently. My church, we had a lady, one of our deacons, sister. She was sick. She was dying of cancer. We prayed. She would got sicker. We we called the elders together and anointed her. She got sicker. We went out into our denomination and got the leaders of our denomination, the real powerhouses for God, and brought them down. She got sicker. He said, "He he told me, said preacher, I got to tell you, my faith was shaken. Our whole congregation's faith. We were bewildered. We were perplexed. We didn't know what to do because." We obeyed the verses, and the verse didn't work. Then we heard your TV program talking about rightly dividing the word of truth and how God had a program with Israel and had a program with the body of Christ. He did certain things with Israel's program, and he did certain things with the body of Christ's program. And you said, you know, James chapter 1, verse 1 tells you that the book of James and that prayer promise in James about the sick is written to the 12 tribes of Israel. And that preacher said, I knew I wasn't one of them. Which means that passage is not about me, and it's not to me. You go back and get the prayer promises in the Sermon on the Mount, or well, the prayer, the promise of Jesus in Matthew twenty one twenty two about removing the mountains and all things you ask in prayer, believing you'll receive. Romans 15, verse 8, says that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. For the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. If you're going to claim those verses as your prayer promises, you also got to go over and take the commission that he gave his apostles in Matthew chapter 10, when he said, Go not unto the the Gentiles, and then he said to the Samaritans, Enter you not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He told his disciples, Don't go tell the Gentiles what I'm teaching. Oh, wow, that's interesting. That means when he told, gave that promise in Matthew 7 on the Sermon on the Mount, when he gave that promise in Matthew 21, he didn't give it to a bunch of Gentiles. He didn't give it to a bunch of Gentiles living in the United States of America in the 21st century. He gave it to the nation Israel, and it fit in Israel's program just where it fits, and it'll accomplish just what he said it would. When God raised up that other apostle, the apostle Paul, he gave him some prayer instructions that are adequate and appropriate for us. You want prayer to be cleared up. You want to resolve the mystery of prayer. You rightly divide the word. Don't go back over to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to get your prayer promises. Take this one, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Isn't that more like you? you really not know how God could best be glorified in any situation and circumstance in your life? When the CNS gang, circumstances and situations, assault you, you really don't know how God can best be glorified. So he says, we know not how we, we, the Spirit's going to help our infirmities. He's not going to do it for you. He's going to help you. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, you know, preachers go, hey, with it? And they say, well, you know, you pray down here, and the Father's up in heaven, and the Holy Spirit retranslates your bad prayers as they go up. the. That's such nonsense. Listen, you don't pray to God in heaven. You carry God around inside of you. Your body is the temple, the dwelling place of God the Holy Spirit. You need to get over this idea that you're praying long distance across the heavens. Somebody says, well, my prayers aren't getting through the roof. Well, they're not intended to. You have an instant, personal, intimate, inner man communion with the God of the Creator of heaven and earth through His Spirit because of His Son, by whom we have access by one Spirit unto the Father. You don't pray across. And as you pray... The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. With gr- He literally reaches down into the deepest levels of your real need and is able to minister to you there. And when he makes intercession, he's a go-between. He takes his word and takes what you're talking about and brings your thinking about what you, what's going on and, and takes his word and begins to bring his word to apply it to the things that are going on in your life. And you discover that prayer is designed to be the catalyst in your inner man, not to go out and try to manipulate God into changing things out in the world for you, but rather to change you, and to take your thinking process, to think, think your mind, and to take who you are in your inner man, and take his word and you talk to God about what's going on. You see in his word what what the word says about that. And then you begin to talk to him about how to bring those two things together in your life. That's what he calls about praying in the spirit. Praying in line with what the Holy Spirit's doing. How do you know what the spirit of God's doing? You find it in his word. Rightly divided. That's why Paul says be careful for nothing. Don't be all bound up, worried, fearful about things going on in life but in everything whatever you're doing by prayer and supplication prayer you're talking to god supplication you're you're talking to him about 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 specific needs that you have with thanksgiving <laughs> oh that's good in everything give thanks not for everything a lot of things happen in life you can't be thankful for but in them You know, in the worst extremities of life, I've had cancer, personally. My wife's had cancer. We've lost loved ones. You go through those kind of things, and you look up, and the only thing you have is the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know what? You can be thankful in the thing, because if you can't find anything around you to be thankful for, you can be thankful that you're saved, that you have eternal life, that everything that's going to last forever can't be taken away from you. In everything, he says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, just rejoicing in the love of God. Did you know you can't outlove God and you can't get away from his love for you? So just relax and know he's for you. Know he loves you. Look at the cross and see it. Let your request, let the specific things that are on your heart be known unto God. And as you talk to God out of your heart about what's on your heart, about the circumstances going on, you know what happens? You've got two ears and one mouth, so you listen twice as much as you talk. And how do you listen to God? You listen through his word. That word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God, against thee. That's why you need to get this book in your heart so it will renew your mind. So when you're talking to them and you're making requests... And you're talking to God about what's going on. I said, Lord, I need this. I need wisdom. I don't know what to pray for. I need some help. The Holy Spirit takes his word and begins to intercede. And the result is the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You'll have God, the Holy Spirit, take the, the love of God that's yours in Christ Jesus and put it on guard around your heart and and, and protect your heart so that the peace of God, Jesus said, my peace, I live you, I leave you. The peace that Jesus had when he faced the cross, he went into that garden and he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He came out of that garden, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He came out of that garden and he told, he told his disciples, the cup the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? You know what that is? That's the peace of God. He was totally and completely at peace with his Father. The peace that Jesus had keeps your heart and mind. Pastors understanding. I can't explain it to you. It's wonderful. Prayer when you pray the way God designed for members of the body of Christ to pray, is such a blessing. So quit trying to be like Israel. Quit trying to claim Israel's promises. You're never going to get them to work. You can't make God do something he didn't do it. But you're, and you're missing out on the wonderful blessing of having God's peace. Keep your heart in mind as you trust him. Can I give you a free Bible study tape? The World's Most Dangerous Doctrine. This is something you need to be aware of, The World's Most Dangerous Doctrine. It'll help you on this this issue, 888-535-2300. That's the number to call, 888-535-2300. I'd be happy to see that you get your, your free copy, The World's Most Dangerous Doctrine. That number again is 888-535-2300. And I know I keep saying Bible study tape, but I, and it's not a tape. We don't use cassettes any longer. It's a it's a CD. And by the way, you can also uh, get it in, as an MP3 download on our website, GraceImpact.org. So it is in modern. It is in a uh, modern format. I'm just you know, setting my ways after all these years. I keep saying tape. But it's a Bible study. It's a cassette and an, uh, on a regular uh, cassette, audio cassette, or an, an MP3. And uh, the number again, 888-535-2300. You can write us if you'd like to use the U.S. Postal Service, The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. We're also available on the World Wide Web at graceimpact.org. Grace Impact, one word, graceimpact.org. On the website, you can find other Bible study material, Bible study teaching literature. Uh, this radio program is archived on the the website. Also, uh, our daily Bible time radio program is also ar- archived on that website. So, there's a lot of information on the website that is available either audio or written material as well as uh video material dvd material uh, you can find the schedule for our television program we have a television program that's broadcast nationally over the the uh, satellite systems dish network and direct tv network and the schedules uh for both of those programs are available on the uh uh the website graceimpact.org we're we're trying to be easy to locate so that you can Uh, Find this information. you, you, You understand, when the grace of God grips your heart, changes your life, you want others to know about it too. You want to have the liberty and the joy of rejoicing and the fullness of God's grace and the full assurance of understanding where you can really know what God's doing and understand His Word, and your faith can rest in an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you. If you've ever wanted to be a real Bible student, go on not just in surface things, but a real understanding of God's Word. We have a three-year Bible institute called Grace School of the Bible. Uh, Grace School of the Bible is unique in several ways. One, in the way it's distributed, we, we we distribute it. You don't have to come to Chicago, uh, to Bloomingdale, where we are. We'll send the school to you. Uh, it's available on, on, on uh, DVD. And it's also, uh, because of that, you can fit it into your own scheduling demands, More importantly than the way it's distributed is the curriculum base. Rather than using the standard systematic theologies that that most Bible institutes and colleges use, Great School of the Bible is based on the, the design established by the Apostle Paul for the perfecting of the saints. You see, the work of the ministry is to be done by perfected saints. And in order to have a perfected saint, there is a design by Paul a form of sound words that you assimilate that produce maturity and fully functioning believers. That design is the design of our curriculum. And that's why you can go through the the school, matriculate through the school quickly and come to maturity and be involved in the work of the ministry. Now, you're never going to quit growing and learning, but first you got to grow up before you can go on. If you're interested in becoming a student of the, of the Scripture that way, Grace School of Bible, if you have any interest in work, the work of the ministry, let me commend this to you. Call us here, 888-535-2300. And the folks that answer the phone, they're all uh, part of uh, the ministry of Grace School of the Bible. They can help you with it. They can answer your questions, tell you how to be involved. 888-535-2300 is the number to call. Can I also tell you that in your area where you live, where you're listening to this radio program, there are saints in your area, there are grace believers in your area that um, would love to be of service to you. They are of service to you because they provide the opportunity for me to be here on this station each week. Friend, if you, have a, if you don't have an assembly to attend where the Word of God is taught rightly divided, where the message of grace is the, the issue... And the life of Christ is what is proclaimed. Then you're robbing yourself and your family if you have one. And you don't have to do it, Do that. There's a group in your area. I'd love to put you in touch with them. You call us at our office and we'll tell you about them and let you get in touch with them. 888-535-2300. You don't have to go it alone. 888-535-2300. Thanks for being with us today. It's always a joy to have you in our fellowship as we meet together each week. Until we meet again this time next week, right now. Take the word with you, wherever you go, with our mobile app, thewordorlando.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com, AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. A bigger and stronger voice for God's Word is now here. 50,000 watts. The new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. WTLN Orlando. W268CT Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast.